A note. Following advice from work-life imbalance may lead to action being taken by HR, your family, the authorities, or higher powers. Welcome to Work-Life Imbalance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your monstrous manager, Frank Eastman. And I'm your lovable office companion, Derek Lewis. Today we'll be talking about work attire in the deep dive before we address some audience questions and issues from the internet. But first... Time for the daily standard. Before we stand-up. get started, Frank. Oh no! I there there is a a sad occurrence that happened today. This will date the episode a little bit, but I don't think we're too afraid of that. Did you hear about Arlie Ermy dying? I I just did. Uh, so you're still processing. But mere moments ago, I am I am still trying to process it. It is uh, it is unexpected. Uh, I know that he's old. Like he is. As old as dirt, um, was as old as dirt. It was only so seventy nine. Th- oh, really? I thought he. I thought he was older than that. No, unfortunately, he was only seventy nine. So he was like grandpa wow. aged, but not. Yeah. Not creakingly uh-huh. ancient grandpa aged. Yeah, that. Yeah, it caught me all. It caught me off guard. You know, it's not like I really uh, keep tabs on him all that much, but yeah, seeing that on my uh, my news feed, I was. I was very sad, and uh, I, I think I'll probably go and watch Full Metal Jacket soon after this. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, it's been a hot min- minute since I've seen Full Metal Jacket, so I might go watch it. <laughs> like, uh, I've seen the first, like, 15 minutes of Full Metal Jacket, like, a hundred times. Well, that's, like, the I'd best probably, 15 minutes. I mean, I I absolutely agree. Like, it is the best 15 minutes of the movie, for sure. Uh, but I would say that it's probably 15 of the best minutes on uh, of cinematic history. Um, and I know that's a little bit of a stretch, but I mean, just the banter that they were able to pull off and the fact that a lot of that was just completely improv off the cuff stuff. I mean, that is just a testament to his uh, <laughs> creativity when coming up with foul language. It was it was pretty good. Uh, and and I've, I've always enjoyed it. Yeah. All right, sorry. Just wanted to get that out into the uh, the ether. Uh, we miss you, Arlie Ermy, and uh, yeah, <laughs> we we will insult each other um, a little bit less creatively from now on, and that's sad. Indeed. Now we can get to the daily standup. All right, I, I guess we'll get to the daily standup now. On a total bummer note, though, like <laughs> congratulations for taking this down a dark path. I'm uh, sorry. Because what I was going to have for the daily stand-up today was, as well, ripped from the headlines. Oh, boy. uh, Because the news is impossible to escape, and I'm sure that you, too, uh, have had to bear witness to the nonstop reporting on the subject. The band, you two? Uh, No, no, no. No, not not you two, the band. (laughs) You two, the you... As well. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure Bono has his finger on the pulse of all the political news, but uh, oh, I'm sure he does. 
Bono is always. Well, well, what's the, the other guy? Uh, the Edge. Bono. The Edge. And the Edge. Uh, I have I no clue what. Yeah, the, the rest of them are are completely unbeknown to me. Yeah, uh, or un, unbeknownst to me. Uh, you and then uh, just the numeral two. <laughs> I think those are the other members of the band. Uh, for whom the that band is a... actually named after. It's just uh, Bono and The Edge get, you know, a lot more uh, publicity because they're a lot more vocal about it. Right. But no, so not the band you 2 uh, me, myself. I got it. Yes. Now we're on the same page. Walden Pond is in disrepair because Walden Pond of Henry David Thoreau fame mm-hmm. is just shocked to the brim with piss. <laughs> what? Okay, break this down for me, Frank. What the fuck are we talking about? So, in the mid eighteen hundreds, the uh, the naturalist philosopher uh, writer uh, Henry David Thoreau spent some time and wrote a book on Walden Pond. Right. Whereupon it was about his time spent at Walden Pond. The book was very famous, and so generations of visitors have been enjoying and swimming in Walden Pond. Sure, like you do. And as one does, when one is swimming in a body of water, I guess uh, people have been taking giant leaks. (laughs) To the point that the ecosystem of Walden Pond is completely fucked. Wow. <laughs> one small leak for man, one giant leak for Walton Pond. This is quoted oh, by Dr. Man. J. Kurt Sager. Uh, findings suggest that although mitigation efforts have curtailed anthropogenic nutrient input, a.k.a. PP, <laughs> Walden Pond, the lake has not returned to the pre-impact condition described by Henry David Thoreau and may become increasingly vulnerable to further changes in water quality in a warmer and possibly wetter future. Which wow. is to say that there will be more pee-pee and also global warming. <laughs> oh, see, I mean, maybe I don't go swimming in lakes uh, all that often or often enough anymore. But, I mean, I'm not going to say that I've never peed in a body of water Uh but that's not like what I do every time I'm in the water. It's not like get on my trunks, step in the water. Okay, <laughs> time to release all my my fluids from my body into this body of water in which I find myself. Well, isn't isn't that what you do when you go to visit famous bodies of water? No, I mean this no, could explain I've never why looked... I got kicked out of Vegas because <laughs> uh, all those Just fountains. Playing in, yeah, playing in the fountains and. <laughs> Just adding your own stream to the uh, the wonderful fountain work. <laughs> isn't that oh. isn't that man's nature? Is to find something pristine and beautiful in the world and then piss in it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, by and large, that is what we do. But uh, I mean, that's not necessarily been something I have uh, that I strive for on a daily basis. Um, I, but am am I odd in? In my assumption that that all <laughs> just because I don't have to drink it, that uh, it's okay to pee in. 
Like, <laughs> what what are people doing? Like, are, are are they just so overcome with emotion when they get into Walden Pond that they just piddle a little? A little? Like, I I just think it's it's you know each person it, it's the classic thing. Each person thinks that it's going to be fine if they do it because certainly nobody else is going to do it. Right. And now, you know, a hundred years later, so many people have pissed in the pool that the fish are all dead. <laughs> Which suggests to me, like, having read that, I don't think I would set Pinky Toe in Walden Pond. Oh, God, be- no. Because if it's, if it's piss-laden enough <laughs> that the fish are dying off, I don't think I would be able to, uh, to really think of anything else while I was, you know, getting all up in there. Like, oh, yeah... <laughs> This water is uncomfortably warm. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe go far enough to, like, dip your toe just to say, you know, that you have dipped a toe in Walden Pond. Then immediately, like, pull it out and spray it with Lysol or something. But I was, I was um, going to say, but now I got a pee-pee toe, and <laughs> I don't know about that. That's, that. That seems uh, less than cool to me. I, I, I agree with that. Um, oh God, I can just imagine like, there's probably like some, uh, like a pier or something that you can jump off of and people are like, woohoo, we're in Walden Pond. We're going to go, you know, do a cannonball and completely submerge myself and all that little bit, of, you know, all that water getting in your nose and your ear and your mouth, all pee pee, just, just a hundred percent pee pee. Oh, that's disgusting, Frank. That, I mean, there's there's not a whole lot there because he there's a little log cabin I think, and you know like some stuff that they put up when they turned it into a historic landmark. But other than that, it's just a pond out in you know BF Massachusetts, and uh, and it's just been so many people have come there to enjoy nature and be natural in nature. That, God, how uh, much piss do you have to add to a body of water before it literally starts killing fish? Like, that is that is just a bonkers amount of piss. Like, I cannot wrap my my head around how much piss it takes to truly make. Because uh, fish are by and large like you know they're they're not impervious to like climate change and other things like that. It's not like they're they're just like little swimming tanks. Like they they can be affected by this stuff, but like. Just changes in like the salt content and like extra whatever urea pH balance stuff like that. Like it takes a lot, a lot of pee. Well, it's it's not just <laughs> to impact so the entire the ecosystem. It's it's not you know it's not like the pee is poison. The pee <laughs> is food. The what? problem is that the nitrogen and phosphorus contained in human byproducts is feeding algae and stuff, which is overgrowing oh. and now, killing so that, off all the fish. That I can absolutely understand because there there have been some lakes that uh, I used to go fishing in as a as a kid uh, that you know they had this one algae or um, something kind of like lily pads, but smaller and, and bulbous. Um, but yeah, it sort of like completely overtaken the lake because of like added nitrogen that had been dumped from something. But, but one little corner of the lake got Tinkle. a bunch of nitrogen and stuff uh, added into it. And all of a sudden, just like an explosion of this, uh, I mean, somewhat parasitic plant. And uh, yeah, after the, in, in the course of just a 
probably five, ten years. Uh, I mean, most of the fish are are dead. Like not not all of them, but uh, a large majority of the ones that that you would have caught had you gone fishing there are are pretty much well and truly dead. So, yeah, I can I can absolutely see that. Um, and, and now I understand why you say you know <laughs> the the PP was food. Um, that's Indeed. that's gross. That our PP is. <laughs> Is, is plant food. Um, see, and, and here's the thing, like, in all the, um, like, a bunch of movies and shows where people pee on plants and they say they're watering it, but, you know, people are like, no, 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 you're going to kill the plants. So is that, is that a lie? Like, are you actually, like, giving them some nutrients that, that they didn't previously uh, have as much access to? Well, it, it depends on the kind of plant, I think. Uh, like, specifically, this is feeding algae and stuff, and, I, and like, too high a concentration of things you know like uh have you ever have you heard of burning uh your your grass with uh fertilizer so right. you, you add too much nitrogen and phosphorus uh, to the plant too quickly and it'll actually kill it off so uh yeah you, you don't want to pee on on the plant okay all right well i mean i i guess i wasn't necessarily going to like change change my habits uh, to where I would pee on uh, any any plant that I saw, but but I will keep that in mind. Um, you know, and, and it really gets kind of awkward when you start peeing on like all like the uh, the plastic plants, like especially in the office. People uh, definitely definitely have a problem with that. HR um, has had a problem in the past, uh, <laughs> and I you know I've tried to say, hey, I'm just trying to feed the plants here, uh, but no. Lost a lot of jobs that way. All Speaking right, so, of work, want to uh-huh. get to the deep dive? Yeah, let's let's get away from the pee pee. Um, <laughs> all right, so on the deep dive today, uh, we're going to talk about work attire, uh, specifically a workplace standard that dictates how you and your coworkers are allowed to dress while at the office. It also pertains to uh, like how you dress whenever you're at on a client site or. Um, you know, whenever you're just on a trip or something like that, they, they may have standards for things like that, but just generally things that dictate how you and your coworkers are allowed to dress. Um, I, I think that this has a much stronger impact than most people realize. Um, and maybe it's just because I am, I am me and I don't like wearing, uh, clothes. businessy clothes. Well, clothes period. Yeah, you're right. Um, I, I put too many qualifiers on that. Um, you know, I don't like wearing businessy clothes. Like even like, I I had a stint where I worked in an office where I had to wear you know khakis and a polo, and that was was very stifling to me. Like <laughs> that 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 had a a, a psychological Im- impact on me that I uh it only took it took like two or three months for me to really realize the impact that it was having on me. But I was like, why do I hate this office so much? And then I was like, oh, because I'm put in starchy stiff clothes every time i go in there um derek needs to be free i little, do need to derek. be free oh no don't don't go and make it all gross i've seen I'm the t- daisy dukes derek <laughs> <laughs> uh and i guess the the second half of that is is with the daisy dukes you have also seen uh, little derek it doesn't leave um, a whole lot to the imagination man <laughs> no it doesn't uh so, so Frank, in your experience, um, you know, how much has 
has this kind of work life or, or work standard of dress affected you personally? It, it has affected me personally um, relatively significantly, uh, mostly because, as, as we've discussed previously, I am not necessarily of human proportion. Uh, right. And so one of my first jobs right out of college had uh, pretty much nothing in way of a dress code, okay. which was actually a significant boon for me because it just meant that I could continue wearing my schlubby bullshit from college <laughs> right. without having to go and get a new wardrobe, which just me going like and getting an outfit can be a pretty significant uh, bill to drop. Uh, right. Much less if I needed to go out and buy like polos and khakis and all that and stuff that I'm only ever going to wear at work. Right. So and that plus was those dress shirts. Are those dress shirts like you basically have to buy two human sized ones, uh, split them up the sides, and then kind of sew them together. Pretty um, much to to account and, and for you the have extra to be really arms. Careful. <laughs> uh, I did not realize that with your inhuman. Uh, superhuman size you also uh were goro from mortal Kombat. From mortal Kombat, yeah that's that's <laughs> me i did say your monstrous manager that is true you uh, you uh you led with that so yeah it, it really it's just i i lacked originality in in seeing what you truly were um but it's, it's one yeah, of those I, things I, where it's like you know if i if i had to do it I definitely don't mind looking good. Like, I would wear suit every day, but I can't go off the rack. Like, there is not really any off the rack for me, and I have tried. Right. Uh, and, and at that point, it's mostly bespoke, and uh, that's, you know... That's not cheap. Five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 for a really, <laughs> you know, well-put-together suit. Right. I'm trying to figure out whether or not that that's hyperbole or if like five to ten grand is actually how much some people will spend on a not not a like Armani suit. Obviously, those things are they're super expensive, but like a normal suit that fits you well, like I mean, five to ten grand sounds like a lot bespoke where someone someone's putting it together, you know, by hand out of the gate. Yeah, you can you can easily drop five, ten on a on a good suit. Who, baby. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that makes me feel even better about my, my, my choices to be, uh, to avoid offices that, that kind of impresses upon their, their folks. Um, and, and you're speaking more generally, um, you know, I've been in offices where, you know, they've kind of been through a little bit of a transition, uh, where, you know, originally they would have like very strict standards and they'd start kind of, um, relaxing them ever so slightly. And... This leads to a lot of confusion, um, both in uh, in the employees on you know what what they're allowed to wear and things like that, but a lot of general confusion um, just in what people start showing up the showing up to the office in, um, because you know some people take or see that inch that they're given, like okay, you know we normally do you know business uh, business casual, which means slacks and a button up or slacks and a polo. Um, and you know, once they relax that a little bit to, to open the doors to, um, maybe some jeans, some, um, you know, logo shirts from time to time, um, people can take that and just really start running with it. Um, you know, I am of the short 
uh, shorts wearing variety. Um, yeah, I definitely like shorts. I know that there is pretty much like pretty much no um, that tangible aesthetic benefit to wearing shorts. Like, <laughs> like nobody is going to say, "Ooh, baby, Derek looked great in those shorts today." Um, I'm glad he didn't hide his pasty white legs. Um, Here comes Derek with the Daisy Dukes on. <laughs> I mean, the Daisy Dukes uh, that I tried to pull off for a little while, though, while while tasteful, I do think that those were pushing the uh, the boundaries just a little bit too far. Um, so you know, I've seen some some weird stuff. Like I've seen you know guys come in in like. Not Daisy Dukes, but like those really short dad shorts. Uh, um, those are uncomfortable. With, with, and there's like really weird, uh, really weird like dad sandals where it's not like uh, a, a standard flip flop. It's just like a a flat piece of plastic with like one strap going like across the foot. Um, oh, I know, found sh- out wearing, what those are called. What are they called? Slides. Slides. It's big with the children. Uh, is, is the only thing that I, is how I know that, uh, cause my, my youths came home and were I thought like, maybe you're... I need to, uh, I need like $20 for these, uh, uh, slides from school. And I was like, excuse me. It's like, are, are we talking like projector slides or what? What are exactly? What are we talking and about? I was very confused, and I had to have uh, I had to have my daughter sit down and like literally draw me a picture. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's sandals. Okay, <laughs> those ugly ass. Yeah, things. those fucking things. Yeah, and you know, with with the relaxing of, of the standards, like you you also get some people that come in with. Um, you know, logo t-shirts and things like that. And most of the time people are aware of what you should and should not wear uh, on your shirt. But, you know, there have been a few times where somebody has had to turn their shirt inside out, uh, just like you did in school. Like, it, you know, same rules apply. Like if you are, if you are, you know, at work and you know the thing you have on is offensive, like you're going to have to do something about it. Like that's like, if you have like a, Maybe someplace lets you wear like a beer shirt or something like that. Like sometimes, you know, there are some uh, beer shirts that are tasteful and no big deal. Um, but if you like, if you wear a shirt for like the, the block, uh, the uh, Budweiser Booby Block Party '99, like somebody's probably going to take offense to that. So they're going to ask you to. Uh, '99 <laughs> was good. '98 was much better. Yeah, um, you know. But but ninety nine had all those uh, those incidents where they really shut it down. So they everybody remembers ninety nine more. That's true. Um, even though That's the quality true. was was superior in ninety eight, ninety nine, um, it really blew the doors off of it. Um, and then they shut it down. We had one um, guy at the office at the, at the same office where there was like no real dress code. He came from a, a much more rigid uh, corporate culture when he got hired. But okay. he was also a, a like a total metalhead. Uh, nice. and he, he started and like showed up first day, button down, uh, khakis. And he goes, Hey man, what's the dress code like around here? And I was like, uh, there's not really one. You just need to make sure that you're wearing, you know, clothes, clothes at all. <laughs> uh, and, and so he kind of looked skeptical, but at the same time, like everybody else is wearing jeans and stuff. So right. like. 
he's he's wearing the whole button down khaki thing for a week. The next week he comes in, and now it's button down in jeans, and he's like, okay. he's like creeping in, like, is this okay? <laughs> We're going through evolutions here. Am I am I gonna get am I gonna get sent home? And and he's like, are you sure the the dress code is cool here? And I'm like, dude, you're wearing jeans. I'm wearing jeans. There, there's no problem. And then it like went to jeans and a polo. And then okay. eventually it, it turned into like jean shorts and a Slayer t-shirt. <laughs> and I was like, finally, finally I, you have I, become I your true self. You have emerged. I was about to say, I figured that's where we were going. Eventually it would be just, just cut off. Not even, not even regular jean shorts, like cut off jean shorts and some sort of metal t-shirt. Yep. Did, did he have the, uh, the wallet chain going on? Like, did he go that far? No, I don't. Th- I don't think he went that far. Yeah. But uh, it was it was just amusing, sort of sitting back and watching the slow evolution of his wardrobe as he like snuck I, in I each day. I think that's a cycle. Yeah, I think that's a cycle that uh, that a lot of us, whenever we start a new job, have. Like, you you go in. Obviously, you go into the interview. Um, you know, dressed up. You know, to to however much. You know, you kind of fit the um, whatever place you're interviewing at you kind of fit to them um, but typically I'll go in like I'm not, I'm not gonna go in a three-piece suit uh, for an interview but you know I'll you know uh, buy a new shirt buy new pants um, just something that that looks you know relatively fresh and put together um, something that you know says hey I cared enough to to dress somewhat up for this um, show respect for uh, for the employer um, but then once you get hired you know you kind of have this um, you, you kind of feel a strict adherence to, you know, what the handbook says. Like, okay, if they say it's business casual, you're going to come in um, kind of at the top end of business casual. Like, you'll you'll be maybe a little bit overzealous. Um, and it depends on how much of the office you've seen before. Like, if you know people that are there and know what they wear, you can kind of uh, meet meet halfway in between. But you kind of have this tendency to to go, you know, as strictly as possible by the by the book and then just kind of get the lay of the land once you're in there. And, you know, that, that evolution that you talked about, like that is, uh, that is fun to see in a new employee. Like, like they'll come in the first day looking like a goober, just like, (laughs) you know, they'll, they'll be in like these really nice, like Italian loafers or Italian dress shoes and, you know, really like pressed starch slacks, um, a, a button up that is buttoned all the way to the top, possibly even with a tie, um, and, you know, having their hair, like, super nicely done, clean shaven, all that kind of stuff. And then <laughs> if you are in a fairly relaxed environment, by the by the end of the week or the beginning of the next week, they will be in, like you said, jean shorts, slayer shirt, uh, greasy, uh, greasy ponytail hair, and, uh, you know, a, a week of, uh, of stubble. So it, it's kind of funny to see that happen. So um, my general, my day-to-day is, like, khakis and a uh button down sports shirt and that's like mm-hmm. that's the that seems to be my set point like if i i, I wore shorts and a t-shirt to work on friday because it was like right after the big push and uh it was just you know half the people were not in the office and i was only going to go into the office for right. part of the day to get a couple things done and i was like <laughs> i'm just going to wear shorts and sandals and a t-shirt into the office and I felt naked the whole day, but at the same time, like the suit that I wear to the interview is the best you're going to see me for the entire time I work there. 
Right. Absolutely. And you know, yeah, you 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 also kind of bring up a good point of you know, if uh, even if you have a strict strict work schedule or strict work uh, standards for dress code, like there are there is a little bit of wiggle room in there. Like there are some times where it's like it's it's a really weird off day. Like half the office is out of the office, um, and and really kind of goes to like how casual the day is going to be. Um, are there any like outdoor activities planned? Like you have a work picnic or something. Uh, the rules kind of go out the window a little bit on that one. Um, it also depends on how many people are going to see you. Um, because if you, I, I've had that many times before where I've worked at a place that had, you know, some requirements, but you know, um, not too many, but a- enough that like I couldn't get away with like flip flops or like a hoodie, things like that. Um, you know, but there are some days where it's like, I know that nobody's going to see me. So I'm going to kind of bend the rules a little bit. And <laughs> without fail, uh, the day that that happens is the day that somebody high up in the company wants to see me. Oh, for yeah. a meeting. Then, then the I'm CEO like, is Jesus like, uh, what I need to do today is talk to Derek. Exactly. Um, and you know, most of the time it's, it's kind of, it's kind of turned out well because they're like, you know, kind of like the cut of your jib like that's that not the cut of your shorts those are really really high but i like I the see fact the that pockets, you feel confident that's in them. uncomfortable for everyone involved <laughs> absolutely except for me i mean i was i was free flowing and and unrestrained um so i felt great but uh very very drafty um so <laughs> so no swampiness that day uh, <laughs> unlike every other day that i exist um no, but uh, so have you ever? Obviously, we talked about you bending the rules on this one. Um, ha- have you found yourself bending the rules in the past, like um, either just to kind of fight the man, or just because you thought you could get a, get away with it? You know, for me, I am generally the man, so that's that's kind of the problem. <laughs> uh, you are generally the muscle, the uh, the enforcer of said things. But then again, like I have not, I have specifically chosen throughout my career to work in places where what I normally wear is also the dress code. So I'm sort of, I'm right. sort of fitting myself in uh, to to the situation where it's like, ah, look, I came pre prepared with an entire wardrobe of clothes that fit the dress code at this particular establishment. Like, if I were to get a yeah. job in uh, banking in uh, England, where, like, the, the black three-piece banker suit is uh, de rigueur, I would be completely Oof. fucked because, right. as, we, as we said before, like, suits for me are going to have to be bespoke, and uh, I would have to make primo dinero uh, in order to, to be able to pull or, that shit off. Or you get one, and then you eat... Your your lunch very very carefully uh, every day and, and keep Febreze on hand and and you know you can you can basically get a full week out of that suit and then have it dry cleaned on the weekend um, and obviously that's fraught with all sorts of problems but uh, I think you could could possibly I mean shit I do it with jeans like I have three pairs of jeans but sometimes one pair of jeans may make it the whole week. You never know. <laughs> oh, no, Derek. I mean, if I didn't drop mustard on them or shit in them, I mean, by and large, nobody's getting close enough to notice. That's all I'm yeah, saying. You Frank. know, there's there's that whole thing where, like, the designers talk about how you shouldn't actually launder your denim. 
and they're just like, uh-huh. Because I've seen this, and it's it's the most terrible thing uh, that I've seen in in recent memory, where they're like, yeah, if if the genes begin to get an odor about them. You just fold them up, put them in a bag in the freezer overnight, and that will fix the problem. I remember and hearing that. And I'm like, that. you know what will I, fix I remember the th- problem is washing your goddamn clothes, you nasty monster. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, I mean, if it's literally just like the odor of the outdoors or something like that, sure, sticking them in the bag, putting them in the freezer might be enough to kind of knock it down a little bit. But, I mean, they're not going to clean mustard off of it or, um, I mean, okay, I, I guess I'm being telling here. Apparently, like, mustard is, is like, my greatest fear. I was going to say, do you just <laughs> for, eat for fucking stains. hot dogs every day constantly? You're just like, ah, oh, yes, beautiful yellow mustard. No! <laughs> not again! Uh, yeah, I think I'm drumming up some uh, unconscious fears here. Um or subconscious fears, but yeah, um, I, I never really understood that. Like, I, I, I get it from like a, I guess, kind of like a chemical or whatever uh, perspective that it could kill, you know, the, the bacteria that are causing the scents. Um, or just put them into yeah, a, a deep slumber. <laughs> oh, that that's a good point. You're you're just kind of uh, putting them cry in cryost- uh, cryostasis and. So you, you put them in cryostasis, you wear it for a week, keep doing that over and over, and they're just accumulating. And then the one week you forget to do that, <laughs> like you're going to be walking uh, into the office and all of a sudden this like 30 foot radius of stink is just going to start emanating. I was going to say, at you. that point, I um, think the genes become sentient and just leave without you. <laughs> the bacteria have uh, uh, completely... T- overtaken the genes and they're no they're no longer genes with bacteria on them they are living bacteria that happen to be have taken uh, over standing, the gene taken over the genes um oh god <laughs> yes these are yes these are my germ genes um they they smell terrible but you know what i'm all about culture oh <laughs> no <laughs> all right derek i need to go get a hot dog want to take a uh trip to accounting yeah we'll stop by the canteen on the way excellent what's up home trees it's me chris and Corey, and donnie from the more gooder than podcast for each episode the three of us pick a thematically similar movie like dances with wolves the last samurai and avatar or deep impact armageddon and space cowboys and then duke it out until one movie is crowned most goodest three movies into one movie leaves ironically thunderdome was not the winner when we tackled the mad max trilogy you know why right i oh yeah we don't need another hero Hey, uh, where can people find more Gooder Than? You can find us on Twitter at MGT Podcast, our website, mgtpodcast.com, and on Instagram and Facebook at More Gooder Than. We're in iTunes slash Apple Podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, and any other podcatcher that you can think of. Remember, it's not just good, it's more Gooder Than.
So in, in news of the, I guess it's not weird, just one of those huh kind of things, like the 2004 Miss Alabama, 2005 Miss America married her girlfriend at the Birmingham Museum of Art today. Oh, well, that's cool as hell. I'm like, Alabama every once in a while, okay. You're all right. Every now and again. Every now. You don't get it right often. Every now and again. <laughs> every rare once in a while. We have highs and we have lows. Hey, that's what life's all about. The, the high highs and the super, super low lows. Speaking of high highs and low lows, want to get to an audience question? Let's do it. I want to take off April 20th. You know, 420, the weed day. I want to take off for it so I can smoke weed, but I live somewhere where it is not yet legalized and taking off could be suspicious for work. How do I take off for 420 and not raise any eyebrows? <coughs> Sent in by Smoke Sesh Stress in Selma. Oh boy. <laughs> See, now this is a fun one. I was hoping... I was hoping that we would do this one in enough time to uh, to squeeze it in before 4:20. Uh, yeah, this one, you know me, this babe. is kind of an interesting one. Um, you know, <laughs> I worked on the, I worked at the university for a while, um, and you know, for se- several years before that, I I went to the University of Alabama, um, and very much so, like there is no weed culture here. Obviously, it's, oh yeah. Uh, at the time, it was very illegal. Um, it's still illegal now, uh, both uh, in this case federally and state. Um, but you know, on there was a a special glimmer of uh, of human generosity that came out on 420, where you know anybody's not familiar with uh, the University of Alabama, there's this big central uh, area. You know, they just call it the quad, just like I guess every university has a you know a quad area yeah even um, if they don't have but, anything that's got four sides to it they just call it a quad um but yeah it is just, just this nice green open space in the middle of campus where people you know play uh frisbee ultimate frisbee or you know walk their dogs and probably not pick up their dog's poop um so much dog poop. but that's <laughs> so much dog poop um so yeah, there, the the cops on campus had this this moment of like I said, deep human kindness where on four twenty people would go out to the quad and just openly smoke weed. Um, I don't want to interesting. Don't mean to out anybody, um, but but yeah, they would they would if somebody was doing it like blazing or uh, blatantly blazing like, it like. <laughs> Oh, that that's a nice little pun I made. I didn't mean to make that, but um if they were uh you know kind of like towards like the main road or something and they were just like like <laughs> like double fisting uh two spliffs and just like blowing cl- clouds of uh marijuana smoke over the uh the main drag, they probably Oh, drag. That's a There you go again. Another... You're on a roll. Nah. Uh, um uh, uh. <laughs> All right, we we have. I think we've met our quota of uh, unintended <laughs> weed really joke. shitty weed um, puns. But yeah, so if somebody was being like really blatant about it, they'd probably be like, "Hey, knock it out, <laughs> go go smoke with the other uh, other folks on the quad." Um, 
but by and large, they they were pretty chill about it, and that was uh, that was nice because normally uh, the cops around the university are anything but chill. Um, they are <laughs> they're on high alert all the time. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was a wonderful thing to see because you know I don't I don't partake myself just because I I am uh, completely straight laced and I am obsessed or, or completely anxious about you know random drug tests i've literally never been randomly drug tested in my life i was, I was gonna say I hate... like i thought you had a 1997 honda civic that you had turned completely into a gravity bong but i guess i was mistaken <laughs> no well i i did but i did not partake i uh, uh I, never I inhaled passing out yeah passing out the the free love to uh, to other people um which by the way it it, it certainly ripped it ripped, but, uh, you know, I, I did not have a rip myself. Um, but, uh, wait, what, what would a good name for that be? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Civic Wagon 97, uh, I mean, Weed Wagon. I was going to say Civic Duty seems like, it's not Civic Duty, I'm gonna... Civic Doobie. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, we, we got there. The Civic yeah, Doobie. Yeah, just got to workshop um, a little bit. It's good. It's a Civic Doobie in parentheses weed wagon. Yeah, there we go. Um, but no, I, I am so I am so paranoid about random drug testing that that I would uh, until it is completely legal across the United States, I will not. I will probably not be partaking. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I I I love the idea of a day that is totally devoted to just. Just smoking weed, like there's not an uh, there's not an alcohol day, like there's no. Uh, I, I guess that's the other 364 say, days a year. Tuesday. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. Okay. So so back on topic. Um, how how can you ask off for 420? Like it, it's weird. I actually am you know asking off for 420 to go to a tech conference. Uh-huh. Um, as far as they know. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> With, um, and it's and you know I'm really wasting an opportunity here because it's 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 in Tennessee so it's not even in like you know a state where you know such could actually happen but um, but yeah I, I I think that the type of person you are goes a long way in <laughs> in knowing whether or not you can get away yeah, with yeah if you seem because, stoned twenty four seven anyway they're gonna be suspicious but if you're just like pretty reg most days. Then I think suspicion will be will be a little relaxed. My thinking yeah. on the subject is on four nineteen, you pregame, but get some of that skunk skunk weed that gives you the bad cough. Okay. And then you call into work, <laughs> and you sound hoarse, and you're coughing a lot, and then you've got a ready-made excuse that you're sick, and you just happen to be out sick on four twenty. So, so you smoke like the worst skunk weed you can find, and give yourself bronchitis. <laughs> so essentially, that you can have a, a a valid excuse to say I am sick. I need to to be out, or at least you um, sound sick. Because right. like the thing is, um, around here, and if it's the Selma that I'm thinking of, uh, there's so little weed culture that most people are just not even going to necessarily think about it. Uh, I, I agree with that. Like, if you're just like, oh, hey, yo, I'm going to be out on Thursday. 
Like maybe you shouldn't say yo. Like maybe not. If you're like, oh hey, <laughs> hey Jim. man, I'm going. Yo, dude, I'm going to be out on Thursday, man. You know, just not not do anything in particular. I got some, I got some appointments, uh, jointments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might give you away. I don't know. If, if you're the guy in the office that makes weed puns constantly, they're probably going to know that there's something up when you're like, oh, I'm so sick. I think I might be out tomorrow. It's 420, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow. April. April 20th. Oh, it's. Oh, it's April 20th. I had. I had, I had no, no idea. Clue. Um. So I, I think that you can definitely provide some uh, some sort of like uh, some sort of smoke smoke screen for this. Um, ah. So on the day, oh Jesus! <laughs> oh, I swear to Christ, I am not attempting to make these. Like I couldn't make a weed pun if I tried. Uh, these are just all completely accidental. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, so I think that you could you could definitely come up with some sort of excuse, uh, some sort of doctor's appointment, and then you have to plan in advance a little bit. So I think that you know, listening to this answer, um, if you were hoping for an actual uh, applicable uh, help for this upcoming uh, weed celebration, I think you're a little too late. But uh, but yeah, if you schedule in advance some sort of really embarrassing test at a doctor's office. Um, you know, some sort of like proctology exam. I was going to or... say, I, I got to get the prostate exam. It's time. Uh, but just don't say that you're going to Dr. Feel Good because that's going to be like too. It's going to go either way, not good for you. Uh, are people going to be suspicious one way or the other? Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, you could have like some, some really weird uh, procedure being done. And I think that if it is if it is adequately embarrassing enough, I think that the the office will just completely, you know, they'll feel sorry for you. It's like, oh, God, you know, I'll of course you may have to have your you may hear your boss express. Oh, yeah, I had one of those, you know, <laughs> some guy was three knuckles deep in me last week. <laughs> I feel your pain. <laughs> so you may get that uncomfortable interaction. Um but I think overall, yeah, you, you could probably get away with it. Um, I mean, you could say you have some sort of a, you know, some other weird test. But, uh, oh, you no, know, y'all, I got to go to the c- urologist tomorrow in order to get my, my dingus looked at on account of I got the erectile dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody's going to be checking up on... Uh, on how your appointment about your dingus went. <laughs> Although then you might have like a really uncomfortably close conversation with your boss, especially if he's like a guy in his late forties to mid sixties. Right. All of a sudden, uh, you know, you, you hear him uh, walking up behind you, or maybe not walking up behind you because that that adds like an extra layer of creepiness to it. Um, but like he'll like uh, kind of want to talk to you kind of clandestinely and be like, hey, you know. I've got a few extra of these. Do you want some? Uh, you know, they'll, they'll they'll help with your problem. And it just gives you like a bottle of blue pills. Oh uh, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, I cannot count the number of times this happened to me. 
Um, and it's always really odd whenever it happens. Of course, I take them. Yeah. Um, and then and then immediately down the whole bottle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While in the office. There's um, nothing, nothing to get you out of work quite like priapism. <laughs> like, oh no, guys, I'm going to be out tomorrow on account of I've had this erection lasting more than four hours. We've all seen the commercial. Um, I mean, I could, I could think of a, probably a couple worse things to get me out of work, but, uh, that's top of the list. Um, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. Back on track. And we're talking about erectile dysfunction. Um, so, so what else, what else can we, now, now family members dying, you know, dying, that's, uh. That's probably not going to do it because you know, there's only so many you times get a your aunt marijuana can uh, can pass away <laughs> before it begins to get suspicious. Like year three, there's a problem. <laughs> yeah, if you say that your uh, your aunt uh, Margaret Jane is getting cremated, um, something I think they may kind of put the you know connect the dots on that one. Um, but no. So my th- my thought is we do we do a flip. And you just bring brownies to the office. And then everybody's happy. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Who doesn't like brownies? I mean, I get it. But uh, I, I think that you know, even though, like I said, I'm not, not all up in the uh, the weeds culture. I, I think that if somebody brought in brownies on 420, uh, I think I would have a hard time just taking them at face value. And... <laughs> That they aren't laced uh, with something, and it's not like you know there'd be anything dangerous happening. But uh, but yeah, if, if I got some important meetings, uh, I'm just gonna skip the brownies. Uh, that, that seems like a like a risk I don't want to take. So this is a this is a way that you can just get an entire pan of brownies to yourself. So I think this is a win win. <laughs> like you don't even have to put anything in the brownies. You just make brownies. You bring them to work on 420. You say, hey, everybody, I brought brownies. And then you wink. <laughs> and then you wink real broad, like, wink, right. wink, and nobody <laughs> eats the brownies, and then you got a whole pan of brownies to yourself. And then, you know, if they decide to, like, <laughs> be assholes and drug test you, then you're like, nah, man, this is just, this is just brownies. This is, this is just lunch. This is the good <laughs> shit. You know, double chocolate chunk, man. Man, this is Duncan Hines, motherfucker. This is good, good. All right, man. You want to take an issue from the internet? Okay, and this this is submitted by Small Paul Two. Uh, oh. So I'm guessing that either this is uh, Small Paul, uh, the username was already taken, was... or this is the son of Small Paul. Um, so Small Paul the second. I guess he wasn't so small. God. Go Not... on. <laughs> he wasn't small because of Viagra <laughs> or Cialis. <laughs> I don't know which one's better. I mean, I I, I find they both work pretty well. But. Next next episode, <laughs> compare and uh, contrast. Uh, <laughs> this episode sponsored by Cialis. Um, my boss took credit for my work and now wants me to show her how to do the thing she just took credit for. I recently brought the experience of Python apps, Python with a capital P, not like. 
you know, snakes, snakes, <laughs> which, you know, we, we talked about, uh, uh, cobras in the workplace, but exactly. Uh, haven't really talked about like pythons or boa constrictors. Also probably not great work pets. Um, I recently recently brought the experience of Python apps to a department that has never had someone who can code before. I saw several instances in which these apps could help the department out, so I told my boss I could make them, and they definitely bettered the department. My boss just had her yearly review in which she presented my apps as her own ideas. She even literally put coded by, and then in parentheses, her name here. So I guess at at her review, one of her bosses asked her to show how they were done to an executive. So instead of having me show them, my boss wants me to teach them just so, uh, just how to maintain and edit the code. On top of this, my boss has always been super strange in how I get assignments as one of the apps does automation for the department. Uh, if she gets a request, she will blind carbon copy me, uh, BCC me on emails and ask that I do not reply directly to the people who want it done rather go through her. So my boss wants me to do some overtime where I show her how to do it, but I'm totally frustrated that I was given basically zero credit for this, so I just want to let my boss go to the exec training with no idea of how to do any of this. Any advice on what to do in this situation? Oh, no. You don't leave her stood up. That would be terrible. (laughs) You have to instead show her how to do it incorrectly. Mm, That is the much more... uh, much more effective approach. Um, yeah, I mean, you've got to set this up so she looks like a complete asshole in front of all the folks upstairs. And I mean, this is this is almost a moral imperative. I think you're right at this point. Like that kind of shit cannot and should not stand for any reason. Like it doesn't even matter if it's something like you created like an email template or something. Um, like if it is the best thing since sliced bread and you know, everybody in the office is using it and they want to know who did it. If, if your boss takes credit for the shit that you did, that is, that is some bullshit. Uh, you need, <laughs> you need to do something about it. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. In this case, this is a special, uh, a special opportunity where you have a skill that they do, that they do not have. And, if they are going to then demo this skill uh, to other people, uh, you can very carefully teach them wrong and then have them just fuck up royally uh, in an important meeting. Have you ever actually had this happen before, Frank? Not not this particular scenario. Obviously, all of us have, have had something like this where your boss takes credit for the work that you do. Um, but have you ever had the opportunity to teach somebody something wrong? I, I haven't had a boss take credit, but I have had a, a, a co-worker that was essentially between me and the consumer uh-huh. who would uh, constantly, like, ask me the questions that she was asked. Mm-hmm. And then when I would respond, she would respond by, like, taking my email, copy-pasting out the part that I responded to the question, and then, you know, making it look like she had written the email. Right. And, and, like, dual-sided sort of sword, I eventually started writing things. Like, part of me, I I had, like, the instinct where I was like, I'm just going to start putting some real bad bullshit (laughs) deep inside these emails. Uh So when she copy-pastes it, just blind copy-pastes it into the email, she's going to look like an asshole. she's only going to read, like, the first couple of lines. Like, Oh, yeah, she's going to read it, make sure that it looks good. 
But if you've got like a, a technical understanding between you and the and the consumer, and then she doesn't necessarily, you can definitely stick some stuff in there. And I, I did that a couple of times, but not not really badly, just enough so that people would be like, "What the fuck is she talking about?" <laughs> uh, but at the same, like, eventually, it was also just more convenient for me to go ahead and use her as a mouthpiece. Right. Uh, so I would write, you know, she would ask me a question and I would just go ahead and write it up in the style of this is what I want delivered to the, the client, right. uh, as opposed to, cause you know, there's, there's a mode that she would use for communication with a coworker and then there's mode that she would use for communication with a client. And I would just go ahead and couch everything in client communication speak, right. uh, so that we weren't as an organization embarrassed. By her just forwarding forward some some shit that didn't need to be said to the client, right. but every once in a while I would just go ahead and you know give her like a really bad wrong answer <laughs> if I knew that I was going to get like a side conversation with the client, so that I could be like, uh, I don't know where she got that, <laughs> just that uh, tiny little bit. But if if you actually need help with that, let me show you what we need to do right. here. I, I think that's that's actually a pretty a decent strategy that you, that you had because you know a you occasionally got that gentle you know that gentle jab in uh whenever you know they would just kind of carte blanche just copy and paste this stuff over um but in the case where you knew that she had you know maybe some sort of connection or something that you didn't have or she had a position that enabled her to uh to speak a little bit more authoritatively uh you know, she she obviously was using you, but in that case, you were kind of using her, and so that that even if it doesn't make everything okay, like it does not make it okay what she was doing, uh, because you know if if she is saying that if she is acting like she is saying all these things and n- is knowledge about all these things, like that's still some supreme bullshit. Um, but the fact that you were able to kind of uh, turn it to your uh, advantage a little bit um maybe a little bit of karmic justice just a tat just a little bit oh yeah and, and i mean i i more than once dangled her out to dry like i would just use her as a cutout right to just you know bullshit for time like here's an here's a completely cockamamie story you know go ahead and send that out here's some uh, horse shit i just pulled out go ahead and send that out so she's looking like an asshole while the client is getting more and more upset well, in the background, I'm actually trying to get the problem fixed. Right. <laughs> you know, that that I've done a couple of times. Because, yeah, if someone's going to be uh, shady on me, I have absolutely no qualms about getting shady on absolutely. them. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so for this person, I would definitely suggest, like, if at all possible, going in before she does, just be... You know, go ahead, get the gumption together and and ask to talk to the CEO or whatever who she's going to be demonstrating this to and just, uh, just knife her a little bit under the table and go ahead and show them all the stuff so that when she comes in the next day, she looks like an asshole. But I think you have to be a little bit careful about that because... You know, if you go to, you know, the you know, the CEO or the CTO or, or whomever um, that she's going to be showing this to, who is to say, I mean, obviously, if they like talk to each of you uh, in isolation and have you, you know, talk about these things. Yeah, you could eventually kind of um, kind of ferret out who actually did it. Um, 
but who's to say that they that the CTO wouldn't? Uh, maybe the CTO likes them or knows them a little bit more. Um, they may not know you from Adam, and you come up and say, "Hey, you know, here's the stuff that I've been working on. This is actually my stuff." Who's to say that you're not the one that copied her? It's kind of the the whole kind of cheating scenario in in class or something where it's like, you know, you you ripped off somebody else's paper, but you know they think that the other person copied you type of thing. Um, so I mean, how can you even prove to them that you're the one that actually did this? Other than, like I said, you know, interviews and and whatnot to to ferret it out. But then it becomes a production. Like then it becomes like an actual like departmental problem. Um, yeah, the only thing I can think of, like what what I would most do is subtly try to you know provide her information that's going to lead to things not working. Right. Like you tell her click here while you're actually clicking somewhere else. Right. Or tell her to run this when you're running something that, you know, you have for the moment renamed. Right. It's kind of like giving the uh, so, <laughs> giving a kid uh, the little steering wheel on their side of the car. And so, you know, you tell them to turn left and, you know, they turn left. And then at the same time, you turn left. So they think they're driving the car. Uh, <laughs> but then if your baby's boss <laughs> were to be in the car, you know, and your baby is demonstrating how to drive, your baby would look like a complete asshole. Because they're not actually the ones driving. Exactly. So the, and then, of course, the, the best one is just have a little script in there that when, you know, she goes to run the file the next day, it goes ahead and starts writing to the screen. Like, hi, my name is Carol. I didn't actually write any of this. Do we have any non-joke just, answers for somebody going through this problem uh, that, that might be able to uh, otherwise fix their problem? You know, I don't have any non-joke answers because all my joke answers are the actual answer to the question. Like, I would legit fuck this person up in front of the CEO. I think I think the way you do it is you just get ready to quit and you make sure that one of the packages that she runs is actually a really awesome and virulent virus. Oh, God. That is going to completely fuck up the entire network. And then you peace out. I mean, you know, bonus points for like... You know, cool guys don't look at explosions. Like, it may not be an actual explosion, but as you walk away from the office, like, know that the entire office is uh, is grinding to a halt. But uh, we were watching some show today about, like, something from the mid-90s where some guy did exactly that. Like, he put, like, some, uh, uh, not necessarily in this scenario, but he put a, a kill switch uh, in the code. And, uh, yeah, he went, to, he went to jail for, like, 30 years. So... <laughs> So it's funny. Sure, you will get the la- you will get a laugh, but uh, I believe the penal system will get the uh, the last laugh on that one. The penal system always gets the last laugh, but mostly because it sounds a lot like penis. <laughs> That's why I laugh at it. Want to punch the clock, Derek? Oh, let's punch the clock. If you have any questions you'd like for us to answer on air, send them to questions at wlicast.com. You can also visit us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash WLICast or on Twitter at WLImbalance and use the hashtag WLICast. This has been the Work-Life Imbalance Podcast. I'm Frank Eastman. And I'm Derek Lewis. And with that, I think we're going to have to transfer you. <laughs> I, I, don't think, I don't think my, my stoned uh, outro really read very well i think it i think they might have thought i maybe had a stroke <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
Derek was just really constipated at the outro right there. Mm. Gross. <laughs> <laughs>